As Toronto uh, reels from the events of Sunday night, it has certainly renewed the debate over gun laws and how we get guns off the streets out of those breaking the laws, causing carnage. And the conversation comes also as new numbers come out on where the guns are coming from. And and for the last couple of decades, uh, certainly since 2012, the messaging has been that the guns are mainly coming in from the United States. But there are new numbers coming in saying that in the last six years, in fact, they've seen a spike in guns being purchased here legally and then being sold off for criminal activity. And if that's the case then it's got to stop. But why isn't it stopping? Certainly, they've got people who do checks and balances. Certainly, they can inspect. Why isn't that happening? And so we talked about a case where 47 weapons were bought by a legal owner and then sold off. Why was that not flagged? Why would that not have been, you know, raising red flags? I just don't understand that. And where do the laws go now that wouldn't somehow solve this. I want to bring Brian Patterson into the conversation, president and CEO of the Ontario Safety League. Hey there. Hey, Alex. So the feds have decided to pick what I think would be a monster battle uh, heading into an election of changing gun laws. It's an unusual uh, pick, I I, I would say. Uh, But uh, at the end of the day, there's, uh, uh, I think, a realistic reason why we should be looking at some of these. You mentioned one, 47 handguns. You kind of wonder, who would need 47 handguns in the first place? Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no cap, uh, you know, uh, on the number of uh, guns you can have. We had uh, an incident in York Region where somebody had 400 handguns mm-hmm. in a collection that was stolen. Well, uh, it, you know, there's some uh, some risk there. I, you know, uh, in case anybody thinks I'm not of the mind, I've owned guns. I've fired guns since I was 14, and I have no issue with that real lawful use of a smaller uh, group of people that are involved in it. But, boy, at the end of the day, in the city of Toronto, when you've got uh, people uh, uh, gaining them uh, at, uh, um, at, 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 at cost, I mean, if I, can, if I can get a cheap handgun out of the States for $200 and drop it on the streets of Toronto for $1,000, or $1, or buy a, a, a regulated uh, a manufacturer's handgun and do the same. At the end of the day, you know, I, I got to think it's pure money. There was some lunatic who suggested that maybe the people selling illegal guns wouldn't sell them to anybody who they didn't think was going to use them appropriately. Are you kidding me? Isn't that like having your drug dealer <laughs> test your drugs for you before you buy them from them? Like they're criminals and they're making money. And suddenly now they have some high moral purpose. It drove me crazy when I read that. Well, look, I I don't know what you could do in changing the gun laws unless, you know, you follow Adam Vaughn's advice, which is to ban handguns everywhere. Uh, But the bottom line is, if you've got someone buying 400 guns and or 47 guns, uh, I don't think there I don't think there would be any, you know, responsible gun owner in this country that would have an issue if, in fact, they get inspected because they are that com- uh, careful. You know, I covered a court case, the Brass Rail murder, which involved a legal gun owner who de- decided to break the rules, take his gun out to a club so he could show off. And, you know, one thing leads to another and a, a poor guy walking by the club gets killed. That is the only case that I can recall um, with a handgun being used 
you know, like that. Um, so it's not like handgun owners in this in this country are walking around with their guns and breaking rules. So why don't they just do the job of checking up and inspecting high numbers of guns? Well, you know, uh, somebody said, if you don't use it, you should lose it. So there's people holding on to guns for years that uh, haven't haven't taken them to range, haven't used them. Mm-hmm. Then why do you need to possess them? Why, like, is there some rational reason that you couldn't just say, well, if you haven't if you haven't used it on a range, or if you haven't used it lawfully in the period of time, uh, you can surrender it. I, you know, uh, but if you're, but let me let's, let me stop you there though. But if you're storing it properly and you're b- abiding by the laws. And I look. I'm not a gun owner. I would never own a gun. But if you're if you're following the the steps, why shouldn't you be able to keep it? No, no. I uh, it's in that area of what are they? What's some of the out of the box thinking? Mm-hmm. But at the at the end of the day, I think uh, you know we've uh, I've, I've signed references for people who wanted to uh, uh, take up uh, a handgun shooting, etc. I don't. I really don't have an adversity. But I. But uh, you know, I have seen cases. There was one recently up in York region involving somebody who was clearly having mental issues and how he managed to get a, uh, a permit to get to have uh, handguns. Uh, I don't know. And fortunately, uh, a very sharp judge re- removed his right to have them for 10 years. Right. And so in the case that we're looking at, uh, which is making headlines, I don't think the Harper gun laws nor the Trudeau changes to the gun laws, none of that would have stopped this person from getting a gun. No, I think we have to look at the uh, uh, at uh, at that broad picture and say, is there anything that could make it more reasonable? Maybe the number is where you want to get more reasonable. Uh, maybe uh, maybe use is where you want to get more reasonable, or uh, or you want to take a look at uh, uh, at uh, some impact on uh, uh, on uh, at least some back checking of where did the guns come from? Uh, Toronto Police, I know, has dealt with the. Uh, a big cash that was stolen years ago, and they just keep popping up, and they keep putting people at risk. So, you know, um, um, uh, I, I think Japan has the most rigorous, and uh, Canada has got uh, reasonable. Maybe we should move a little bit from reasonable to more rigorous. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I think, I, I, I look at it and say, there are probably checks and balances already in the existing laws. Maybe it's come down to an issue that uh, those in law enforcement are simply not doing the inspections that they're supposed to do. Because Lord knows, if you're getting 47 guns, that would be the, the house I'm going to, maybe on a yearly basis, to check where all those guns are. And if you're responsible, you'll have no problem with that inspection. Oh, I, I wholeheartedly agree. The, the vast majority that are used uh, by uh, lawful gun owners are used in domestic or uh, or, or close relationship uh, uh, shootings. So, um, um, you know, uh, uh, if they're just hanging around, maybe they don't need to be just hanging around. But uh, uh, if uh, like I don't have, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not crying uh, uh, when uh, when they say, oh, I, I heard a judge say to me one day, oh yeah, I did a case today. It was a young man. He had a loaded handgun when the police arrested him. Uh, and I had to I had to sentence them under those draconian laws because, uh, you know, it, it was just outrageous. So I thought you have to be the only guy at this table who thinks that's outrageous, my friend. Yeah. 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 Interesting times for sure. We'll see where this conversation goes. Brian, thank you. No problem. You have a good uh, good rest of the week. You as well. Brian Patterson joining us of the Ontario Safety Lake. You're on point. I'm Alex Pearson. And this is Global News Radio.